0: Welcome to This Week in Liberpods, your libertarian, voluntarist, anarchist, and agorist podcast test drive show. I'm your host, Nikki P. Let's check out five new podcasts. All right, let's start things off a little different today. Our first podcast is not really a podcast at all. We're going to head on over to YouTube for the Liberty Late Night with Dave and Mary. The show style is two hosts with a guest, informal live stream. Let's dig into this
1: episode. Uh, I don't think that'll help.
2: Oh my gosh, David's watching you eat the chip. <laughs> I told our kids, he must not have heard. I was like, 10 o'clock, turn off your tablets, and he's still up watching it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
2: shit. <laughs> okay. Actually,
1: vomiting might help.
2: <laughs> well, oh, brother. I'd be like, why isn't daddy getting, uh, coming out of the bathroom tomorrow? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, okay, Tums will not help. Okay, he's just gonna get some milk. Um, Oh, wait, who got milk oh. will help, Seth, Seth Boudreau or Boudreaux, uh, says that he got stung by a cow killer ant yesterday, which is one of the worst things you can, you can get stung by. Is that one of the things that, uh, what's his face? Coyote Peterson got stung by. Do y'all ever watch that? Thanks, Tim. Daniel, have you ever watched Coyote Peterson's get stung by, uh, dangerous? I have. Yeah. It's very anxiety producing. Do not watch it. <laughs>
1: Are you okay? I mean, so it's been two and a half years since I had that chip and I entirely feel your pain phone and phone I would not do that.
2: Um, what's that now? Oh, thank you, Tim. Go ahead. I would Tim. not
1: have done. How,
2: how did you end up with these chips? Why?
1: Uh, well, so the first time I bought them because it sounded fun and hmm so I got several other people to try them and I figured I had to
2: Yeah. and once I
1: did, I regretted it so I would never do it again Yeah. but I bought them because they sell for so much money that why not buy them when they get the opportunity
2: oh yeah, there you go I really
1: and because it's fun to torture people sure
2: (laughs) when I saw that box in the background when you and Sherry were live a couple weekends ago and I was just like, what is that box and then you said about the hot chip and I was like okay you know and dave's like yeah 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 i'll eat it i'll eat it and uh i just we both thought you were gonna like send a chip from like a bag like in a baggie <laughs> like <laughs> we had never heard of this one chip challenge or what it was like uh so um this is yeah wild hi andy <laughs> you're a chip dealer that's right <laughs> uh, exactly yep, yeah yep
1: uh arbitrage. Yeah, no, uh it's Blue Lives Murder. It's from uh, uh Oh, I um anyway, if you just search for Blue Lives Murder, you'll find it.
2: Um, I like
1: harassing cops.
2: <laughs> okay, so now what's your history with the police have you been you know like pulled over for anything traffic tickets whatever speeding something like that uh and how did that go so
1: in in 1994 i was arrested for watching somebody sell acid to somebody else at a dead show oh i spent four days in jail with no possibility of yeah i watched somebody sell somebody else acid at a dead show where you know come on yeah
2: that's happening and everywhere. They were like,
1: arrest him anyway, because we need the numbers. And nice. I spent four days in jail, and then I get out, and they're like, well, we're going to hold you over for trial. I'm like, what the fuck?
2: Oh, my gosh. I'm just
1: a college kid at a date yeah. of somebody else who was selling drugs. And they're like, okay, we'll let him go. But it was because it was lead up to the Atlanta Olympics, and they were just trying to get practice in arresting people.
0: All right, that was, once again, Liberty Late Night with Dave and Mary. Our second clip today is from the E-Militia podcast. I'm not going to tell you who it's by because there's a lot of them, and I'm pretty sure they go by not real names. I'm sure the name gave away exactly what the show's about, but the style is a standard roundtable with guests. Let's check it out.
3: They're certainly good enough.
2: And I would like to add, you mentioned the little pump. Like, yeah, tire plugs. Keep a set of tire plugs,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and a pair of pliers, and a razor mm-hmm. blade. And you can fix a flat pretty easily in the middle of nowhere, or in the middle of everywhere. And get your ass back on the road.
3: Yes. Absolutely. And they
2: can go right in a glove box. You should always have them. You should have them in case you're going home from work and get a fuck. it get you out of fucking being in rush hour on the side of a highway, which is, like, not pretty dangerous place to be.
3: So if we want to get back to the the bug out bag. Um, So we've covered food and water. What would be your next uh, priority concern? So for me, I did food and water. Um, If if it's a travel bag, which it usually is for me, I put some cash in there that will get me two or three nights in a hotel. Um, Paperwork is an important one, too. It's nice to have some things digitally stored in a safe place, things like copies of your photo ID, passport, all that crap. Even some places will take your credit card info, even if their computers are down, if you have the right info, or even if you don't have the physical card, but electricity is still running, you can often tell them the numbers on your card and the associated numbers with it, and they might be able to run it still. So one sheet of paper that has a couple bank account uh, numbers, your credit card numbers, your name, your address. And if something happens to your phone, because a lot of people only have one phone now and they don't carry you know, paper printouts of phone numbers so we don't memorize those. Uh, listing the phone numbers for your inner circle and maybe the addresses for them. And I can already hear some people kind of getting nervous. So let me answer the next part too, which is, oh no, what if someone takes that piece of paper with my credit card info and my home address and all this crap? So you pick a pick a number, right? And you can add one or add two to the end of every digit uh, or to the end of every line, right? So it changes your credit card by one digit at the end, but you know what all those digits are or if you have a loved one, like it's you and your partner, you both have that sheet of paper, each in your respective bags, and they're both coded plus one or minus one or plus two or minus two. Um, so that if yeah. someone does get it, they'll be punched in your credit card address and it'll be wrong wrong by one digit. Or if they're looking for your home address, it's wrong by a couple digits. Or phone numbers, they won't be calling you and your family. Um, so things like that you can use for just some simple um, encryption.
5: Good stuff.
3: Could save your life too. Uh, a pocket good. knife doesn't have to be expensive. I add a pocket knife to all my go bags. Um, I just get a twenty or thirty dollar one that's reasonable. Um, I don't want the crappy ones from the gas station that break if I put pressure on them. But <laughs> you know, like a Gerber or like a, a Leatherman is a great tool for your go bags. Um, so those are some cheap items I would pack. So we got food and water. We got some some cash, some paperwork, phone chargers like the phone battery banks. Are, those are great. Uh, some phone some Charging cables for your phone. And then two things. One, a wall socket, which not a lot of people keep one of those in their vehicle. Uh, but also the vehicle plug for your charging cables for your phones. Uh, those are very important. Uh, what else do we got? If you're somewhere rural, of course you should have a, a big-ass machete or like a, a handsaw that you can use to cut some any type of downed limb or something on the road. Uh, what else? We talked about meds. And just over-the-counter meds, uh, if you have a specific need for that. I mean, it's so crazy in this fucking world. You can't buy more medicine from your doctor. You're only limited to a certain amount for yourself. But it would be nice to store medicine if you can. Hmm. Uh, I'm very fond of gloves. I did two special podcast episodes back-to-back on shooting gloves. Uh, So your AO, your area of operations, should apply. In Florida, I don't really need winter gloves. But it's a really great thing to have some uh, latex or nitrile gloves stored away somewhere even if it's not combat related even if it's not first aid related what if i'm like oh man i'm stuck in this thing or something splashed all over my car oh it's disgusting let me put these gloves on clean it up and then not worry about it Uh, so that's nice
0: all right so that was the e-militia podcast this week's guest was pat from uncensored tactical Next on the agenda is the Good Morning Liberty podcast with Nate and Charlie. I might add these are some fun gentlemen to mix it up with on Twitter. The podcast style is standard two-man discussion. They also crank them out five days a week, so there's plenty to listen to.
4: Let's see what they got. Put the review system on the books, starting with their with their books, and the booksellers hated it. They were begging him to take it back off of there. And he was like, uh, no, our our customers are going to know whether or not other customers liked what you were selling, whether or not you did a good job, and we're going to establish trust with these customers. And so if you want to ask yourself, what's better at establishing trust in a business as a consumer? Is it the fact that they were able to pay the $75 to get the license from the government? Or is it the fact that thousands of consumers have said that they do a good job? And if if your basic point is that you want to make sure consumers are getting good products and no one's getting hosed and taken advantage of, which one would you trust more? So this is from Harvard. So you know what's good. Hopefully uh, Ben Shapiro did it. I'm not sure. We'll see. A recent study by MIT, Harvard, Stanford, and Boston University found that consumers care far more about reviews and prices than government-mandated credentials. The already crippling credentialization of the workforce via burdensome and unnecessary occupational licensing laws is hitting workers particularly hard during the coronavirus pandemic. Oops, talked about coronavirus. Thus making it more difficult for job seekers to find work. Indeed, seemingly reasonable requirements that electricians and healthcare professionals be licensed has given way to ludicrous laws mandating that adult film stars, hair braiders, and tree trimmers get the state's seal of approval... Stemming workers who are desperate to shift to new vocations in this period of skyrocketing unemployment. Consumers are assured that such onerous requirements lead to more informed choices and a better structured marketplace, but the evidence doesn't bear this out. Now, just a bit of side information. that My wife was just talking about it because she used to, when she uh, was, how old she was at this time, maybe 1920, she used to do nails. And she was an ascetician. She had that license and she was just talking like, well, if something happens and I get laid off, it'd be cool if I could just do some nails on the side. And she was like, well, my license expired and there and I'm just not going to be able to do that. And so we, we were literally just talking about this last night. Yeah. A, a recent study by researchers from MIT, Harvard, Stanford, Boston found that. Uh, oh, let me go one more. One more time. This says in their study. In their study, released as a working paper in January, the team of four scholars examined data from a large, unnamed platform where consumers can hire professionals for home improvement services. Consumer shopping around for professionals can take a look at workers' ratings along with a one to five stars metric as well as their price and proof of licensure. So this is some of those – I can't remember the name of like the tackle app things like that where you can go get handymen on there or women either one. Angie's list, right? Uh, yeah, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a home advisor, those kind of things. On the platform, these vendors have to wait a few days between submitting their licensure documents to the website and the website uploading and displaying them publicly. This waiting time gave the researchers the opportunity to see if displaying government credentials alone increases consumers' willingness to use the professional service. The results are in, in drumroll, the researchers found no effect of the licensing signal on the hiring choice. However, they did find significant positive impacts for each of the reputation measures, uh, which is the average rating and number of reviews, and significant negative effects of prices. In other words, consumers want professionals who offer low prices and are well-reviewed by others, not vendors given the green light by government officials.
5: Well, who's going to keep us safe, crazy?
4: I mean, who's going to... I don't understand if the government doesn't approve, how are we going to be safe? I don't, I'm not sure. You know, I did, I, I kind of flipped houses for, for a bit in Nashville, By kind of
0: again, that was the good morning Liberty podcast coming up next. My good friend, David Alloy has the Capcom show. The show is essentially a capitalist and a communist discussing politics. Is it about the catharsis of letting someone else have your battles for you? Let's find out.
6: Also, they're also naturally innovative. Mm-hmm. Um, I, can, I, can, I cannot count how many times I've, I've thought to myself like, oh man, it's got to be an easier process to do it. And then thought about it and thought about the process to do and like, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I'm going to keep doing that. Yeah. No profit motive involved. Did I, did I think like, oh man, can I make money off of it? It's no. Not, it's not going to make your money. It's. I mean, it can. I mean, if, it's, it te- if I'm doing my job and it makes that job easier, I'm still going to do it. I'm going to make money off of it, I technically. Mean, but, I mean, yeah, you, you can make the argument that yeah, this idea can make me money, but it's like, but it, how much investment are you going right. to actually have to do for like, even that comes into fruition? Like the whole thing about it, and I just, I kind of just thought of this, but it's the thing of did the maker, uh, did the inventors of the wheel. Did they get fucking paid for you know inventing the wheel? No, they're just like, hey, this heavy, this hurt back, remake real. It's round, it's carry, it's good. And you know, maybe maybe a lot more consonants and weird sounds in there. I, I don't think the English language <laughs> was invented yet, but um, you get you get the point though. They didn't they didn't want to make money. They wanted to make their lives easier. And that's that's, that's the point. That's the point behind it. Um, I mean, yeah, you can make a profit while doing it, but if, the, if if you care more about the profit than helping people, it's kind of defeating the purpose. Because it's, right. Because eventually, you're going to get to the point where you stop helping people, and then your profits are going to decrease because of that. Yeah. At least that's how it would occur in a naturally occurring market. Right. Now, and again, the whole reason, because I've seen I've seen a few anarchists um, of different, most of the time they're just kind of like baby anarchists, excuse me ma- baby anarchists newbies newbies yeah they're, they're, they're still kind of testing the waters a little bit they still have a lot of status things in them because I, I I like to think that status is a default kind of you have to you have to kind of think about things through before you can really get into into anarchy a lot I mean a lot Dep- of times it it depends on your upbringing honestly yeah but a lot of I mean in in terms of America again we live in an off right you know kind of society so most of the time people don't understand it and a lot of times they just think it's libertarianism when it isn't but well it is it's supposed to be libertarian uh, it was originally
3: supposed to be essentially a form of just classic classical minarchism and um that totally derailed
4: mm-hmm. but
6: the whole thing with electoralism and why again i don't and we did this off like well i don't think it uh works is um we have a couple things wrong with them. First off, in this country especially, we have first past post. I don't know if you know. What, I don't know if you. have never heard that the phrase. All right, first past post is it's the idea of whoever. It's not it's not a majority rules. It's whoever gets the majority first. So say in this this primary season, right? We have Biden and Sanders fucking neck and neck, almost tooth and nail most of the time you know 10 percent no let or no more in between them first past the post right now biden wins but let's say in the next two weeks sanders just fucking skyrockets now he'll get the nomination but the whole point of it is did he get the majority though and majority at what time essentially that's the question and then not only that but they also don't count for like Warren and Buttigieg and you know all the all the other candidates who were running. They their delegates stay with them. I at least I think I think that's how it goes. I don't know. Um, I'm not too familiar on it. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. But the point is, is it's it it's kind of usurping of a democracy to be like hey, I only want this guy, whereas there's other there's other ways of doing elections and doing votes, especially if you're voting for candidates, who, again, it's a flawed idea to vote for just candidates instead of just policy, but I, I myself am more of a supporter of direct democracy if we have to have a voting system. Um,
0: All right, I hope you enjoyed that little taste of the Capcom show. Our final show today is The Jessica Green Show. She's a newer podcaster and happens to be another one of those YouTube exclusive pods. This is a fantastic episode on prepping, and we know that's never far from any of our minds. Let's check it out.
5: Maybe wrap your head around the idea that just a little bit of forethought could have made this situation that you're in now a little bit better. And don't beat yourself up about it. Just think about how in the future, when all of this blows over, you're going to reinvest in yourself. So, the first thing I want to talk about is water. Water is life. There's absolutely no point in you prepping anything else if you don't have water, because without water, you can't cook, you can't clean, you can't, you know, you you will die of thirst before you will die of hunger. So, water is absolutely essential. Now... The FEMA recommendations, absolute minimum of recommendations is that you have one gallon per person per day and to have at least three days worth of water available to you. Now, for the most part, when people are in storms or any kind of disaster like that, they do have a little bit of forewarning. So you can purchase a container that you can fill with water. If you have a family of four, you want four gallons of water per day. So you're three times four, meaning 12 gallons of water, if you want to have that very minimal amount of water, which is for three days. Um, Also, something to consider is teaching yourself the skills to make dirty water into clean or potable water. Potable water means that it's safe to drink. A lot of times during circumstances like storms and other um, events that happen that can disrupt, you know, Pipes, or you know, whatever water system your city or your town naturally normally has, you might have find yourself um, only able to find dirty water. So, it behooves you to start maybe learning some of the skills of making dirty water into clean water. Um, In a pinch, you can add an eighth of a teaspoon of household bleach to one gallon of water. You want to stir that really well and maybe wait for about an hour so that some of that chlorine smell can kind of gas off from it, but that will enable you to clean water if necessary. Also, there are other methods distillation by boiling. There are a lot of things that you can learn on the internet or, you know, go to to your uh, city's website. They often have recommendations on there about how to make dirty water into clean water. This is a skill you really, really wanna know. So if you're not able to, you know, fight the the old lady at Costco for the water bottles, or she beats you off with her cane and you aren't able to get that water. You want to be able to clean water for yourself. Um, I recommend having potable water first, and then if you are in an absolute emergency, then maybe rely on bleach and boiling and other things. Um, (laughs) another thing is that not everybody's going to have a 150 gallon rainwater catchment system in their backyard. They live in cities, they live in small apartments, they don't have a lot of storage space to be keeping 12 gallons of water on them at all times. Um, In the picture here, you'll notice that this is a collapsible water container. These are cheap and they're easy to purchase on Amazon and they're foldable. So it's something that can be folded up and put in a drawer, put in a closet until you need it. Usually with a hurricane, you get a couple of days warning beforehand, you can pull them out, unfold them, fill them with top water that's still clean, and then you have them ready to go. If you are intending on keeping water stored, storage water is a whole different ball game than just putting some water in a container for an emergency. If you're filling up food containers or, you know, old milk jugs or anything like that with water, you're going to want to treat it because those containers are not necessarily meant for keeping water long term so i wouldn't rely on them for you know i wouldn't fill a milk jug up and then leave it there for six months that water is not going to be good for you to drink and dirty water can kill you so you want to be sure that you are storing water in proper containers that are made for water storage meaning that chemicals aren't going to leach into them that you're able to treat that water and that water is generally going to remain safe while it's being stored. You also want to change the water out frequently. Say you've got a water barrel, 50-gallon water.
0: All right, so our final clip was once again from the Jessica Green Show. We have reached the end of the episode, so if you like what we do, feel free to hit us up at This Week in Liberpods on Facebook, at Liberpods on Twitter, or Liberpods.com. If there's a show you think we missed, send it along. Also, to this point, there have been no repeats, so it is absolutely worth it to go back to episode one and start from the beginning. Lastly, be sure to check out our friends at Liberty Podcast Ranker. I hope the test drive was worth it, and have a good day. podcast is a proud creation of the Mad Audio Lab. For more information, check out madaudiolab.com. This Week in Liberpods is part of the Liberty Hippie Podcast Network. If you like what we do, be sure to check out Homesteads and Homeschools, Peace Freaks, Cannabis Heals Me, and Free Market's Green Earth. We're living proof that libertarian doesn't mean washed up republican.